When we lead or walk into this thing called life or follow this journey that God gives us called life, there's also something at the end of that. And there's a reward that God gives to us. But sometimes we think, well, what's the difference? I don't, I don't know the difference between a, a, like a, a test, because the Bible says that God tests us. But what is the difference between a test and then a temptation? Because there's both of those things. And so how do I deal with that? And so that's what we're going to learn. Not just the difference between a test and a temptation, but how do we overcome the temptation that comes our way? And God will give us insight. He has also given us His one and only Son, Jesus Christ, who went through every temptation that you and I will ever face. And He'll show us the way out. So when you came in, you were given your bulletin, and you can take that out. There's some notes in there that you can uh, follow along with. There's some scripture that you can keep, and uh, maybe you can memorize those scriptures or put it up somewhere so that you can continue to grow in what we're talking about today. Uh, something I want to do just before we, we begin. Uh, we... Uh, here at New Hope, we believe in what God is doing, not just in our city, uh, but what He's doing around the world. And at the end of our message, we're going to watch just a quick video about some missions uh, that is taking place in Turkey, uh, in Foursquare, in our denomination. And uh, some of you, you have a heart for missions and you want to contribute to that. So we're going we're gonna to do that at the end. But uh, uh, some months ago, I got a phone call and uh, one, this pastor wanted to plant a church here in Hilo. And uh, I thought, Lord, we need, we need more people to know you. And we need as much lights as possible uh, wherever there's darkness, because the light will extinguish the darkness. And so I just wanted to welcome Pastor Zeke Tomaselli and his wife, Lane, for being here this morning. They're actually from um, Las Vegas, Nevada. And uh, what, a, what a great work that you guys are doing. And they're Southern Baptists. So we can get some Southern Baptists out here in Hilo. And we just appreciate all that you're doing. And uh, the road ahead, we're praying that God's grace would, would be with you in his favor. Um, and we thank you for uh, answering the call. And you're going to do great. So we just wanted to welcome you this morning. So, okay. So let's jump into our message. Here's a, here's a, a thought. Because we all want to learn the difference between a test and a temptation. Sometimes we'll get the two mixed in and we'll think, what is this? Is this a test or is this a temptation? Here's, here's a, a, a quick summary on the difference. God tests us to build us up, to refine us, to give us life, to build our faith. God will test us. Satan, however, will tempt us to destroy us. The test from God builds us up. It encourages us. The temptations from the enemy is to destroy us. In the book of James, chapter 1, you can turn there in your Bibles if you have your Bibles. If not, I'll read it. But in James chapter 1, it, it tells us, how to deal with these temptations and how they come our way. In James chapter 1, uh, this scripture is not in your notes, so you can write it down and check it out later. Verse 13, it says, Let no one say, when he is tempted, I am tempted by God. For God cannot be tempted by evil, nor does he himself tempt anyone. Each, but each one is tempted when he is drawn away by his own desires and enticed. Then, when desire has conceived, it gives birth to sin, 
And sin, when it is full grown, brings forth death. So think of it this way. We have, if you look at this as like a cave, and this is, we'll just call this the cave of death. And that's, that's where temptations will lead us, sin will lead us. This is the cave, cave of death. Okay? And let's just say this is us. And we're here. Gotta have shoes. So we're here and we're faced with this thing called death. It's up ahead. But it, it takes some work to get there. But here's what we do. Because God gives us this road called life. He says, you gotta choose life or death. It's your choice. I make it available to you. I, I, life is available to you. That's why Jesus gave his life for us. So we could have eternal life. But some of us, this is what we do. We take bricks of sin. Whatever it would be. Whatever temptation comes our way. And then when we're enticed, it leads to sin. We take that brick of sin. Whatever you might call it. Whatever you're dealing with. And then we lay that brick down. And then we lay brick after brick. And it actually leads to death. And so we have this road filled with these bricks of sin. And so now we have this road that leads to death. We know where it's going. We know where it's heading. We've, many of us have been there before. We've done that and we've made the same mistake over and over. So we know where we're heading. The problem though is, how do we overcome that? Because we, we're so used to it. How do we overcome this thing called death? How do we overcome, how do we overcome the temptations that come our way? Some of us are going to deal with uncontrolled anger. We're going to deal with, with fornication or, or stealing or pornography. We're going to deal with these things. Lust or drugs, adultery, or we want to seek revenge or hurt others. We, we, we just have that, we, we call it the sinful nature or the carnal man. It's our flesh that wages war with our spirit. We deal with wanting to take another's life or gluttony. We deal with these things. Or getting drunk or even gossip. How do we overcome these temptations that come our way? Well, I'm so glad that God gave us His Son, Jesus Christ. And there's a scripture in Matthew chapter 4, if you want to turn there, that Jesus is dealing with temptations. And the Bible says that Jesus went through every single temptation you and I will come across. And because of that, He's able to help us when we come across those temptations. He's not just going to leave us to, you know, on our own to die and, and be led to death. He's going to help us through the temptations. He will always give us a way out. But in Matthew chapter 4, I'm going to read verses 1 through 11. And it says, Then Jesus was led up by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. And when he had fasted 40 days and 40 nights, afterwards he was hungry. It's practical. Jesus was hungry. Being all God, yet being all man, he was hungry. Forty days he was fasting. Some of us were hungry after two minutes. You know, you just ate and you're like, oh, this dessert. So he was fasting for 40 days. So he's already hungry. He's weak in his hunger in the sense of, I'm sure you and I would want to eat. Now when the tempter came to him, he said, if you are the son of God... So he's already tempting Christ with his identity in who he is, in who he says he is, and who God says he is. It says, if you are the Son of God, command these stones to become bread. Now think about it. You have the power to turn stones into bread. 
sweet bread. Maybe cinnamon roll sweet bread. You have the power to do that. But then Jesus answers and says, It is written, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. So it's like, okay, Christ won that one. And it's almost like the the devil now tries to think, okay, what else can I come up with? So then the devil took him up to the holy city, set him on the pinnacle of the temple, and then said to him, if you are the son of God, throw yourself down. And then the devil says this, for it is written. So now he comes up with this other scheme, this other plan of, okay, Jesus, you want to give me the word of God? I'll give you the word of God. And he says, it is written. You're right, Christ. It is written. Here it is. He shall give his angels charge over you, and in their hands they shall bear you up, lest you dash your foot against a stone. Sometimes we, you know, I think Hollywood takes away what the Bible says about the devil. The Bible says he he can appear as an angel of light. You know, in Hollywood, it's like the devil comes with this, give me your soul kind of voice. Or he comes with this mean man with this, you know, big body with his horns and port, uh, uh, this, what is it called? I was going to say porch, pitch, pitch fork. Right. The, the, the prongy thingy. He brought that. And so we think that this is what he looks like. But here he comes with the word of God to Christ himself. And he says, here's how you can prove who you are. And then Jesus says to him, it is written again. In other words, what Christ is saying is you can't just use one scripture. It's God's word in all its fullness. You don't just bring one scripture. We all can justify our behavior by one scripture. Jesus says, no, no, no. It is written again, you shall not tempt the Lord your God. So again, the devil took him up on an exceedingly high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their glory. And he said to him, all these things I will give you if you will fall down and worship me. And then Jesus said to him, Away with you, Satan, for it is written, You shall worship the Lord your God, and him only you shall serve. Then the, the devil left him, and behold, angels came and ministered to him. See, what Christ did, and did so well, is he stayed firm with what he knew and believed in who God was making him to be, who, who, in who he was. He knew his identity. As Christians, we know our identity. It's in Jesus Christ. It's not in us. Once we gave our lives to Jesus Christ, it is I who no longer lives, but Christ who lives in me. So we have a different identity now. But even as Christians, you know what we do sometimes? We're standing here with this life and this death road. We have all these bricks of sin. And and many of us, we're, we're, we're midway and we're so comfortable already with the lifestyle that we're living, whatever sin that we're living in, or, or even with our uncontrolled anger, or what, whatever we're dealing with, and we're so used to it that we figure, this is how I am. This is who I am. This is, I, I, this is how I was raised. This is how my dad was. This is how my parents were. This is how our family is. This is my bloodline. And so we say, this is who we are. And so what we do is we say, you know what? I like this road. I'm going to build an extension over here. I'm going to make it nice. I'm going to just make one. Nice place for a you know, barbecue stove. I'll just put a little pit here. Make it nice. Then we build a nice wall. We throw this up. And then we say, you know what? I'm going to make this place nice. I'm going to make it secure because this is who I am. This is my life. So we actually live our life like this. And we say, this is my life. This is who I am. And this is, this is where I'm heading. God is saying, no, 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 that's, that's, that's the road that leads to destruction. It's, it's a pit. You're not going to 
You're not going to do well here. It's not going to work well. But we're here and we're looking at this and it all looks good because nothing bad is happening. We're fine. We're, we're good. We're, we're, we're living. We're surviving. We go to church. We know God. So God can rescue us anytime. The problem is we're still stuck with temptations. And we don't know how to overcome these temptations. And God says, there's a way that I can help you. When Jesus was led into the wilderness to overcome Satan's temptations... He also was able to overcome these temptations with the mindset of one day you and I will deal with the same things. That he went before us so that when we come to face these temptations, we'll be able to overcome it. See, there's a fine line between what the, the tests that we go through and the temptations that the devil brings our way. God is not the author of temptations, but He will test us. He will test us to help us become more and more the person He sees us to be. As we understand God better, and as we go through this series, as we understand God more and more, then we'll be able to make a clear distinction on what side of the line we should be on. Because now we understand God, and we're drawing closer to Him. See, Satan will tempt us to bring out the worst in us. God will test us to bring out the very best in us. And that's how you can kind of differentiate the two. A test or a trial is, is like God giving us an opportunity to not necessarily prove ourselves, but, but it, it, when you pass the test, it kind of feels better. You feel like, okay, God, you're growing me. You're growing me. You're, you're, you're building me up. I'm, I'm one of your disciples now. Now you're doing something in my life. I struggled with this last year, but this year I was able to, able to overcome it. It's like God puts us through those tests and trials to, to show us that he's doing something in our lives. He doesn't tempt us. That comes from the enemy. God is the one that brings us through these tests and trials so that when we pass, it just makes us stronger and stronger. In high school, uh, I... I I don't know what class this was, but I remember where the answers for the test was. The teacher had this one filing area, and there was, a, there was the answer sheet. And some of my friends found out. And so I was tempted to take the answer sheet and then, you know, study that and then just cheat on my test. But then I thought, no, I, I'm going to try to take the test for myself. Now, I didn't do well on the test. I, I didn't do that great, but at least I passed. My friends, on the other hand... They all took the answer sheet and copied it. And they all failed because it was the wrong answer sheet for that test. I was so happy. I was so happy that I didn't give in to that temptation. I, and even though I didn't do as well as I, I thought I could, at least I passed the test. You know, God looks at us and He says, this is who I'm making you to be. And, and we may not be there yet. But at least we're passing the tests. Because as life goes on and as we continue to grow in Him and as we understand God, He's always for our good. He's always for our good. The temptations that come our way, that's, that's, that's the enemy trying to take us down, to, trying to destroy us. God will always do good things to us. He, he, he wants to bring out the very best in us. See, even Christ Himself was tested. But He was also tempted by the enemy. And we'll go through the same things. See, the testing of Christ proved who He was. 
That's what the devil was trying to do. He was trying to disprove who God was testing in who he was, that he is the Son of God. And the devil said, no, if, if you are the Son of God, then do this. And Jesus said, no, it is written. And at that time, God was just testing him, testing him, testing him, and he was approved by God. It's not our approval. It's his approval. It's not our strength. It's his strength. We don't actually overcome temptations. He does it for us. We don't have enough strength in us to overcome temptations. Yeah, but I I have willpower. I have a positive mind. I read a lot of books. You may read books and do all these things, and those are great things to do, but you may not overcome your temptation. You just might delay your temptation. You You may just delay you giving in to the temptation, not necessarily overcoming it. Overcoming a temptation is... You have defeated it. Whether it's an addiction or something of that sort, you've overcome that temptation. So by the time it tries to make its way back to you, you can pick it up and you know how to, over, you know how to deal with it. You know how to demolish it. You know how to overcome whatever is coming your way because you've done that before. You've, you've seen it. You said, nope, not going to go that route. I know how to overcome this. And Jesus was tested. It's that approval. It's, it, that's what it means to be approved and it's okay to approve things. In, in fact, in the ancient world, there was no banking system like how we have with, with paper money right now. And, and so what they would do is they would actually uh, melt the metals and then pour it into their molds. And it would have to weigh that amount for whatever that money was to be used for. And so the honest ones would make sure it's the perfect weight. The dishonest ones would shave a little off of it because in time they would save a lot of money. But the honest men, those that were the ones that, that, were, that had integrity and those who were honest, they called these men dokimos, which means approved. God will test us. He'll, he'll test us so that we become more and more the person He made us to be. We, we, we're going to go through those tests as Jesus said three times, it is written. And it comes out of Psalm 119, verse 11, the context of him using scripture and, and, and overcoming the enemy. It says, I keep your law in my heart so that I will not sin against you. Did you know that that's how powerful the word of God is? That when you, in another translation, it says, Thy word I have hidden in my heart that I might not sin against thee. The word of God has that much power to it. That we hide it in our hearts because there's going to come temptations. And then we, what's, what are we going to use to overcome the temptations? Well, Jesus said, it is written. It's in the word of God. And some of us, as Pastor Marshall was saying, we're doing our devotion, so we're reading along. In fact, Sunday mornings, uh, the messages that we're talking about on Sunday mornings, you will begin to read in your devotions come this week. So you'll get a, a, a deeper sense of what God was doing and the context, and, and you'll be able to learn on your own with the Word of God. And so here, here's, here's some things that, that Jesus did that we too can do to overcome these temptations. And here's the first thing. If you want to take some notes, here's, we're going to go over three simple things that will help us overcome temptations and when we're faced with it. And the first thing is to avoid the open door of temptation. Just avoid the open door of temptation. It's there. Just think of temptation like it's in a room. 
And there's a door that's open. A glass door because you can see in. Just don't go anywhere near the door. Because the longer you hang out on the outside of the room of temptation, the more your flesh is enticed. It's like a magnet that will pull you in. It's like if you're on a diet, you're trying to stay away from sugar and you go to work, somebody brings donuts. And you're walking past the donuts, you're like, oh, those donuts look good. Like, woo, <laughs> I'm on a diet though. Staying away from sugar. I'm staying away from you. You is the evil. Staying away from you. Oh, smells so good. And people walk by, like, what are you doing? I'm on diet. I'm on a diet. Staying away from that stuff. Not even going anywhere near it. Oh, where you guys got that from? You know, it's, the longer you hang out with it, the more you're enticed. Sooner, sooner or later, you're just going to come by and just one. I'm going to go running now. The longer you hang around it, it's, it's just going to happen. Don't even go anywhere near the door. And you know what many of us do? We, we go as close as we can before we actually sin. We see how far we can go to see what we can get away with before we sin. The Bible already says, for you to know what not to do and do it, that is already sin. It it starts within. It's in our heart. And so we can catch it right there. Don't even go near the door. And after a while, you'll build up enough strength and the faith in God that, that when it shows up, you're okay with it. Because God has tested you through that whatever temptation it was. Because God wants to bring out the very best. And by the time you're enticed with it, you have enough strength and God is strengthening you. It's his spirit in you because it's going to be him that overcomes it. Sometimes you won't even recognize the temptation when it comes. I was at the, uh, we had the craft shows uh, a week ago with the Merry Monarch. They had all the craft shows at the Civic. And so I was down there and had this one guy and he's like sweating hot, kind of like some of you right now. He's just fanning himself. He's like, oh, it's hot. Is it just me or is it hot? And I said, no, it's kind of hot. I said, but where are you from? He said, oh, I'm from Oahu. And I said, oh, I, I grew up there. I grew up in Waimea. No way, no way. I said, what part did you grow up? He said, oh, all over. <laughs> I said, really? He said, yeah, in Oahu, I moved from here to here to here. I moved all over the place. And what, you grew up? I said, yeah, Waimea. I grew up Waimea. He said, why, you like burn? <laughs> I'm like... Okay, some of you are laughing because you know what he said and you know what he means. But you have overcome that by the power of Jesus. That's for you, Zeke, some Southern Baptist. I don't know if they... Anyway, so we were done. And, and I really didn't know what he was saying. And, and so I asked him again. I said, what was that? <laughs> I don't think he was ever asked twice or asked the question, what are you talking about? And he says, and he kind of was taken back. He goes, well, you like burn. And I think you burn what? <laughs> burn in hell? What are you talking about? And then I left and I thought, okay, now I know what he's talking about. And so I'm ready for the next time. I said, Lord, I, I, my opportunity next time is if somebody asks me that, I'll say no. But I can tell you how you can have life. I can tell you how you can have life. Because that stuff, I, I, I'm done with. Because think about it, we're, it's going to come our way. People don't know us. They'll just assume certain things. I don't know what reputation I have from being from Waimanalo. It's a great place to live. I don't know what. Right, Ellie? Uh-huh. I think we all will be faced with that, even at work. 
in school, you, you'll be faced with the temptations that come your way because people don't know where you stand. But when you let the devil know where you stand, less temptations will come your way. Because that's where temptations come from. It doesn't derive from God. It comes from the enemy. Just avoid it. Avoid that situation. Avoid that door that leads to temptation. We're always going to deal with that. We, we, we deal with our uncontrolled anger. We drive. When we're driving, we've got to deal with anger because there's other drivers. When you, when you stand in line, if you're impatient, you're going to deal with this, this anger that builds up. This, it's going to boil. I deal with that. I, I have a hard time standing in line. And, and you, you, you go to the store, you, you look for the shortest line that takes the longest, whatever kind of law principle that is. Like, oh, only two people. I can go this line. This line get 40. You stand in this line, it takes forever. And I remember standing there, and here's this, this, okay, the lady in the front, she's wonderful, great woman, nice lady. But she's talking story with the cashier, and this lady behind the register is trying to help, and, and, and you know, I'm dealing with some issues, so I, I'm in a rush, and, and so I'm thinking, this, this is one store. This is not Oprah. You just... You come in, you grab your items, you pay, you leave. But she's talking story. She's like, you know, last time I bought this stuff, the thing gave me rash on top of my face. This is this foundation. Try look this. What you use? What you use, baby girl? What you using? Huh? This one no good. That's what I'm thinking. You know what? Just buy it. If it gives you rash, come back. That's my that's my compassion at this point. And I, I'm just waiting. And, and then and then when she it looks like she's done. So we're, th- we're thinking, okay, she's finally done. Then, then she, I don't know where this came from. Maybe the left side of the brain. She goes, hey, you're Robin's daughter, eh? And she goes, oh, yeah, that's my dad. She goes, oh, a long time on the steam. Hey, you grew up fast, you. So what you doing now? I'm like, she's one cashier right now. That's what she's doing right now. She's supposed to be, ding, ding, thank you very much, ma'am. Go home. That's what she's doing. So we're done finally. When she's done, it's like we all wanted to applaud and say, Oh, thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. We baptize you. It's like it felt that good. And then it was my turn. And the cashier said, Hi, Pastor Sheldon. How are you? Now I'm the guy talking story just like the lady. And I'm like, Oh, Lord, what am I going to do? Man, we're we're, we're going to find ourselves in those situations all the time. What are we going to do? How do we overcome this anger that builds up? How are we going to overcome the temptations of wanting to beat somebody up? How are we going to overcome the temptations of road rage? How, how do we do that? Because it's going to be inside of us. Avoid the open door. Just Even if you see that door just, just opening up, just avoid it. Don't go anywhere near it. Because its end, as the Bible says, leads to death. God gives us life. But its road leads to death when you succumb to the sin and temptations. Matthew seven thirteen and 14 says, Enter through the narrow gate. For wide is the gate and spacious and broad is the way that leads to destruction. And many are those who are entering through it. But the gate is narrow, contracted by pressure. And the way is straightened and compressed that leads away to life. And few are those who find it. See, the Bible is saying, yes, there's, a, there's this path. Then there's this path. This one is broad and it's wide. We keep building it up. 
it leads to destruction, but this road is narrow. Not saying that it's impossible to live, but it's just saying it's narrow. Why? Because this one is so broad. It's not like this road is, you know, like a, like a two by four that you've got to balance on and say, oh, can I fall off? If I fall off, I'm not a Christian. If I fall off, then God's going to zap me. He's saying, no, it's, it's a journey. But it's, it's, yeah, it's narrow because this one is so wide. But God says, I have given you life. In Luke chapter 22, Jesus was about to go to the cross and he's talking to some of his disciples. And when he came to the place, and this is in the Garden of Gethsemane where he's going to pray. He said to them, pray that you may not enter into temptation. That means we can actually enter into it. It doesn't just come at us and then we're done. We actually enter into temptation. We, the door is wide open. We go into it. And we can overcome it. Just avoid the opening. That's why Jesus said, here's how you pray. In Matthew 6, 13. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. He said, so be it. He's saying, this is, don't, don't lead us into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever. This is where life happens. Just avoid that door. So, so what, if I'm, what if I'm dealing with it right, right on the spot? How do I, like it just pops up. How do I do that? Write this in, number two. And, and put this in your memory. Put this in your heart. Call upon the Lord. Just call out to the Lord. You, you call upon Him because that's where the power is going to come from. You call on the name of Jesus. He's the Savior. The name of Jesus. And remember Joshua in the Old Testament that was given the baton by Moses? That Moses said to Joshua, be strong and courageous. The name Joshua, Yehoshua, means Jehovah is salvation. It's the same name of Jesus. And Jehovah is salvation. He comes to rescue you and I. He comes to save us. That's why we can call upon his name. Psalm 34 verse 4. It says, I sought or inquired of the Lord and required him of necessity and on the authority of his word. And he heard me and delivered me from all my fears. Yeah, you seek him out. Sometimes you got to speak to yourself. You know, if you, if you have not done this, this helps tremendously. You just speak to yourself. Sometimes I have to catch myself and say, nope, stop it. Nope, not going to think that way. Nope, nope, nope. Now, I may not say it out loud. You know, if I'm around people, they might be like, okay. <laughs> but you say that. And I'm not speaking just to anything. I'm actually talking to my flesh. Because I know what my spirit wants. And I know what my flesh wants. So I tell my spirit, speak to the flesh. Because I want to feed my spirit more to overcome the flesh. So that I can overcome the temptations of the carnal man. The fleshly nature. And that's what will overcome this. It's his spirit in us. Not our own Because we're going to deal with these temptations. We're going to deal with fears of failure. We're going to deal with fears of insecurity. We all have these fears. But then with Christ, the Bible says, perfect love casts out all fear. And He is perfect love. It's going to be because of Him. Sometimes we say, well, I'm just not good enough. So I'm not able to. Or this is just who I am. I'm not able to do these things. But when we begin to understand God then He will deliver us. That's, that's what He does. He helps us through everything that we go through. Psalm 34, verse 7, it says that the angel of the Lord encamps around those who fear Him and revere and worship Him with awe. 
and each of them he delivers. So you're not lost in the crowd. Each of them. That means God specifically sees you. He specifically rescues you personally. He's a personal God. It's all about a relationship with him. It's not a religious thing that we're involved in. It's a relationship with Jesus Christ. It's, it's, he's your best friend. We, we understand friendships here on earth. That those are the people that stand by your side. They bail you out when you need help. They, they rescue you. Think of Jesus that he can rescue you from anything. He's your best friend. That's what best friends will do. And he comes to deliver us. There's a story of one of the missionaries to China in the early 1900s, a man by the name of Watchman Nee. And Watchman Nee tells a story of his stay in China that the showers and the water system wasn't, it was inadequate. So they actually went down to the rivers to um, rinse off every day. Well, one of his men uh, caught a cramp and actually started drowning. Well, they had a expert swimmer with them on shore and watchman knee kind of got his attention and say hey, that guy's drowning can you go save him and this expert swimmer who could save him just looked up and that was it he kind of kept his eye on him but still did his work just watched the guy by this time watchman knee is getting he's, he's furious because he's saying you have all the power capability to help this guy yet you're so consumed with your own selfish desires that you're not thinking of somebody else's life and this guy keeps calling out for help, calling out for help, and, and he's drowning. This guy, this expert swimmer, keeps doing what he's doing, just watching him, watching him. And then his voice started be, to become fainter and lower, and all of a sudden, he went under. Within seconds, this expert swimmer was there, rescued him, brought, them, brought him to shore, and both of them were on shore. Watchman Nee went right up to the, the expert swimmer and chewed him out. He says, how dare you? How dare you do that to this man? You knew you could have rescued him earlier, but you chose not to because you were consumed with your own selfish desires. And this man, he says, you know, I I was watching him. He was okay. And if any of you know about rescue and those that are drowning, this is what this man said. I could not do anything Because if I swam out there, he would put a death grip on me and both of us would drown. But the only way I could have saved him is when he is totally and tirelessly exhausted, having no more strength to swim for himself. That he has to rely on me. And I thought, Lord, that's that's like us with you. And sometimes we say, God, where are you? How come you're not helping me in this situation? This came up and why aren't you helping me? I'm not, you know, why is this? Why is that? And, but we have not yet surrendered all to him. And we're still trying to tread water on our own. And we're tired, we're frustrated. And God says, until you stop trying to save yourself. Until then, once you surrender, I will be there in seconds. And I will deliver you. That's why he says, you got to call upon me. You have to be the one that calls to me. Because it's going to be his strength, not ours. Here's the last thing. Find strength in the Lord. That's where you're going to find your strength. Find my strength in the Lord. 
It takes courage to find strength in the Lord because for some of us, we've been brought up with the notion that if you rely on the Lord, you're a weak person. If you call upon the Lord, if you call upon Jesus, if you trust in God, you're a weak man. So we think, oh boy, being a Christian, that means you're weak. Um, uh, uh, Living for Christ, that means you're weak. Loving God means you're weak. No, 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 no. I, I don't know about you, but I can see the both sides. When I wasn't living for God and I thought I was strong, that's when I was at my weakest. But when I surrendered it all to Him and... And gave him my life. Then I began to understand, wait a minute. When I am weak, you're my strength. But that's because I have a relationship with you. Aside from that, when I'm weak, I'm just weak, period. I have no strength. But if I'm with you and I'm, I'm, I'm living this life for you, I can call upon you. you. You'll come in seconds and help me. Psalm 31, verse 23 says, Oh, love the Lord, all you his saints, for the Lord preserves the faithful and fully repays the proud person. Be of good courage, and he shall strengthen your heart, all you who hope in the Lord. See, that's where our hope comes from. That's where our strength is going to come from. When Jesus was dealing with the devil himself, he always went back to, it is written. He knew where his strength was going to come from. And God gives us opportunity after opportunity to draw strength from Him. But we got to call out to Him. It's, it's praying for His will, not our own. It's asking God for His strength, not our own. Jesus was approved unto God. Which now that we belong to Him, we become approved because of Christ. Not on our own. Psalm thirty-four, nineteen. It tells us that the righteous person faces many troubles... But the Lord comes to the rescue each time. Not sometimes, not once in a while, not when you're good. Not when, oh, if you start coming church more often, then I'll help you. Uh, if you start giving, then I'll help you. Uh, if you start doing this, then I'll help you. He says, no, I'm going to come to your rescue each time. I'm going to rescue you each time. Not sometimes, each time. And we grow in our faith with Him. He will always... Give us the way out. He will always provide for us the way to escape. He will always be there for us. He's not just going to leave us hanging. He says in 1 Corinthians 10, 13, For no temptation, no trial regarded as enticing to sin, no matter how it comes or where it leads, has overtaken you and laid hold on you that is not common to man. That is, no temptation or trial has come to you that is beyond human resistance, And that is not adjusted and adapted and belonging to human experience and such as man can bear. But God is faithful to His Word and to His compassionate nature. And He can be trusted not to let you be tempted and tried and assayed beyond your ability and strength of resistance and power to endure. And here it is. But with the temptation, He will always also provide the way out, the means of escape to a landing place that you may be be capable and strong and powerful to bear up under it patiently. He will always give us a way out. We're all going to face the same temptations as common to man. We're all going to go through something, but he says, no longer are you going to be here because I can rescue you anytime. Don't stay here, he's saying. He's saying, I'm I'm providing the way out. You're not boxed in. You're not stuck. 
There's a way out that leads to life. Here's the promise. It's in James 1.12. It's our final scripture. He says, Blessed is the man who endures temptation. For when he has been approved, that's the word dokimos, he will receive the crown of life which the Lord has promised to those who love him. Love never fails. And when you love God, you will be able to receive the crown of life. As he says, yeah, blessed is the man who endures temptation. You're going to endure it because you're going to receive the crown of life. He's going to give that to us. He gives us the power to overcome what we cannot. Because he already did that. That's why he gave his life for you and I. So we too can overcome temptations. Amen. Amen. You can put away your Bibles and your notes.